Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. It finished Liverpool 4, Southampton 0 at Anfield. It was a kind of one of those crisp kind of February afternoons that turned into a bit of a drizzly one, but it was not drizzly whatsoever in terms of Liverpool's performance on the pitch. It was yet another win that extends our lead at the top of the table to 22 points before Manchester City play uh, Tottenham tomorrow. Uh, it was another important step in this kind of ladder we're just climbing now towards the end of the season. Uh, it was a game of, it was you know what, there's that kind of saying of a game of two halves. It was very, very much uh, a game like that. Um, earlier in the season, when we played Southampton down at St Mary's, that was kind of before their kind of poor form started. And we really did, we kind of struggled really then as well. And it took a really good Sadio Mane goal to, uh, to really kind of open up the... Um, uh, open up the game really uh, and give us a chance and then we went on to score a second one with Roberto Firmino and it was very much the same uh, here. Uh, in the first half we we kind of obviously Southampton were going to sit back I think we just accept now that a lot of the lower teams play like that against us and even some of the bigger teams uh, will choose to play like that against us because of our threats particularly up front and um, we kind of toyed around a bit uh, we didn't make any really great chances there was a chance that maybe Van Dijk had uh, and it was a great save from from Alex McCarthy, the keeper. Um, but yeah, we didn't create too many chances. I think we were just kind of poking and prodding. Um, I don't think at the beginning of the game we were maybe 100% sure how they were going to play. So I think they lined up with James Ward-Prowse on like the right back position. And I, I don't think we figured out whether he'd be playing like a right wing back or right back. He ended up traditionally playing like a right back role. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think maybe it took us a little bit of time to adjust to that. Uh, I think um, one of the things that also maybe came into the came into it is a bit of fatigue. Um, obviously, with the West Ham game only a couple of days ago, and, and Southampton having uh, a week since their FA Cup game uh, against Tottenham, uh, maybe that had a part to play well. But we didn't really create too many chances. And actually, as the half went on, um, once Southampton kind of got over that initial. We can't concede in the first, you know, uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. They actually started to grow into the game. You know, they actually created quite a few uh, chances for themselves uh, in the in the first half. And Allison making a couple of saves, looking a little bit dodgy sometimes, but also some very, very good defending uh, by Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez. And I really want to, uh, a little later on this episode, really kind of focus in on Joe Gomez uh, because he's been really, really solid. And uh, I was watching a program earlier this earlier today around England's best centre backs, so I want to get into that a little later on. But before we get into that, at halftime, we probably went in. Southampton were probably the happier team going in. Uh, we didn't really cause too many problems. Uh, it was actually quite similar to the uh, West Ham game, actually, where other than that chance where we got the penalty, we didn't really create too much in the first half um, against West Ham. But uh, yeah, I think at halftime, I think Southampton uh, and Ralph Hussenhartel would have been uh, the more positive uh, or the happier manager. Um, but the second half changed within the first, you know, four or five minutes. Uh, and that's exactly what we needed. Otherwise, it could have been a tough, uh, a tough second half. And maybe, you know, maybe last season or the season before, we wouldn't have probably scored that goal as early and the game would have been a bit tense as, as it went on. Um, but... Uh, Liverpool are doing a great favour for their fans this season. The amount of tense games that we've, we've put up with over the last like 10 years. Um, this season is a season where we kind of get that goal relatively early and so we're not worrying about everything come the 80th minute. Yes, we've had a couple of those games, but uh, games like the West Ham game, games like this game against Southampton game, um, getting that goal, uh, particularly early in the second half, really just set up the rest of the second half and essentially gave us the win in the end. And it was a fantastic bit of play by Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain um, getting the ball from Firmino uh, on kind of the 
inside left of the box uh, and then kind of maybe giving giving McCarthy the ice, making him think he's going to shape it into the far right and actually just closing his foot on it and getting the ball into the near post. And it was actually really, really funny because that is actually uh, an almost identical position to which Sadio Mane scored uh, in the first game. Uh, or in the reverse leg out of St. Mary's earlier this season. Uh, but this time, Oxlade-Chamberlain closed his foot on the ball, and maybe McCarthy had that in his mind from that game. I'm not sure, but it was a great finish um, by Oxlade-Chamberlain. And just touching on Oxlade-Chamberlain before we kind of just discuss the rest of the goals, um, I think this this game and the West Ham games were, were, as a, were a real example, uh, to me at least, and to the fans, and to the Premier League, about how a squad can win you um, the Premier League. Uh, obviously, we haven't won it yet, but how that how a good squad can help you in the Premier League. You know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has two and two now. He went through a bit of period around kind of January, December, where he got a little bit frustrated after he initially had a great burst when he came back from injury. But his two goals, his two and two now, uh, the second goal to kill off West Ham and the opening goal here were really crucial to, to killing both games off, essentially. Um, and he's someone that, you know, maybe at the start of the season, obviously because of his injuries, you wouldn't even had him in our kind of best 11. Um, but it shows how important someone who can come in, you know, pick it up straight away, pick up the pace, the tempo, the way we play um, and still be so important and crucial for us. Uh, in all of our games but yeah that goal I think um, maybe Southampton were just patting themselves on the back a little bit too much after the first half uh, and just switched off for those couple of minutes Um, and uh, yeah we went ahead and then after that I think um, I think their heads maybe dropped a little bit I think whilst it was still 1-0 I think they were kind of still in it and and they maybe believed that they could possibly nick a draw because they did actually have quite a few chances Danny Ings and Shane Long uh, did get in behind um, our defence uh, quite a few times actually but our defenders were able to, to recover um, but um, the second goal kind of uh, was was I'd say a little bit fortunate in that obviously Jordan Henderson was way offside closing down the goalkeeper Trent's ball although it was a great pass I'm not sure he kind of meant it or it meant to go there or whatever um, but it, the ball was um, played to Firmino uh, down the left left hand side of the box and he was able to cut it back to Jordan Henderson the defender slipped in front of him so it was just really really easy for Jordan Henderson to just slot the ball past the keeper and I think maybe it was after this point after the 2-0 point uh, that some of the Southampton heads uh, started to drop um, and I think this is kind of maybe where they thought ah oh, you know well we, we tried but um uh, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't for us. And the third goal uh, was Mo Salah's first of the game, and uh, it was a it was a fantastic little ball down the line. Uh, and with his deft finishing, was able to just uh, just touch the ball and lift the ball over um, uh, Alex McCarthy. Uh, and uh, yeah, at three 0 the game was wrapped up, and, and it was very obvious after after that third goal that we um, were looking to turn on the style a little bit. Uh, Firmino with his with his uh, his little tricks and little flicks. Uh, he was coming into his own. Mo Salah was making runs, and Minamino probably should have got his his first Premier League goal. But uh, him and Kata, I think, got a little bit too close to each other. And what was pretty much an open goal, he managed to sky over the bar. So that was unfortunate. It would have been great to see Minamino get um, uh, his first Premier League goal. But uh, nevertheless, a four nil home win. Definitely a game of two halves. Um, but that Oxley Chamberlain goal. Uh, I think for me was was really really crucial in, in kind of just setting up the rest of that game and the rest of the second half. Um, so yeah, another fantastic win and the streak continues. I think there's twenty um, 
Premier League games we've won at home now consecutively, which is a fantastic stat. Uh, I think that equals Manchester City's record. Uh, and based on the next couple of games we have, it's very likely that we'll probably go on to beat that record as well. Um, but I just want to come back to what I was speaking about earlier in terms of Joe Gomez. Um, ever since he kind of came into the team when... So I think Matip, so he started out the season. He didn't really... Maybe he was a bit tired or maybe he didn't have the right preparation at the beginning of the season. Um, he just wasn't kind of in the right form. Um, and so Matip came in and then Matip did really well. And then he got injured and then Lovren came in. And so Joe Gomez was, was kind of like slipping down the pecking order. Um, but then at kind of like Novemberish time, uh, Dejan Lovren got injured and, and Joe Gomez was our only other fit centre-back. Um, and I think at that point he thought, you know what, I've... I've had maybe not the best start to the season, but this is my chance to prove myself and make it really, really difficult for the other two centre-backs to get back into the team when they are fit. And that is exactly what he's done. You couldn't you couldn't ask for, for more or better from Joe Gomez. Like, all throughout the December fixtures, the Club World Cup, where he actually played uh, in all of the games in the Club World Cup, because um, I think uh, Van Dijk was rested and Henderson played in, in the centre-back position. Um, but he's just been absolutely immense. Like I think, well, obviously, and I think it's well known now that players do get, they are just better when they're around Van Dyke. He kind of, as, as any great leader does, when, when you're around a great leader, everyone elevates their game. And I think that's very much the case with him. Um, but there was an interesting discussion I was, I was kind of watching around whether he is England's best centre-back. And, and you look at some of the options, right? So it's John Stones, who's been in and out of form. Pep doesn't really... I think it's very obvious right now he doesn't really rate him um, and he's been very uh, hot and cold for England when he's played. Harry Maguire, who obviously had a really, really good World Cup, but since his transfer to United, he's kind of seemed to be on a downward trajectory also. Uh, he hasn't looked himself in a long while um, and I don't think he will be... I just don't think he's the player that he was when he was at Leicester. Um, and, and maybe the move from Man United was a bad decision for him. And so you think other than that, you know, maybe Carl Walker can play centre-back. You've got maybe James Tarkovsky. But again, he you know, he plays at Burnley, who haven't had the best season this this season either. Um, I may be missing some England centre-backs. None really spring to mind other than those two at the moment. But I think you would be very silly to say right now there is not there is a better centre-back, English centre-back, than Joe Gomez. He is... You look at just look at our stats from I think it's been like the last nine or ten games. The only goal we've conceded is the Raul Jimenez header, right? So one goal conceded in probably arguably the toughest part of the season is no mean feat at all. And um, yeah, he's just been he's just been absolutely mega, um, and he's just gone he's he's gone levels up now. He's gone levels up. He's still only twenty two, uh, and it's also really rare to find young good centre backs. You you often get one or two. Um, but they often get better, you know, when they're maybe 25 and older, when they're when they're kind of a bit more developed and stuff like that. And so to see a young centre back doing so well in the best league in the world is really good for us, um, and actually then good for England as well. And I think Gareth Southgate will have no chance or no choice actually, um, but to pick Joe Gomez in his friendly games uh, and then going into the Euros as well. I don't. It would be. I think it would be stupid to pick John Stones and Harry Maguire. Um, I think that partnership has shown that it doesn't work. Um, uh, you know, when we get to the highest level. Uh, and yes, you know, Joe Gomez plays better next to Virgil van Dijk, but you're taking away a lot of Joe Gomez's qualities by saying he's only good next to Virgil van Dijk. He's a quality defender, and he showed that um, on his in his one-on-one -on -one defending uh, and when he's kind of not around van Dijk as well. So um, for me, he's England's best centre-back, uh, and I can't wait to see him in the Euros playing for England. 
But obviously now next up for us is the new winter break that has been introduced. Uh, so we will be going kind of a week and a half without um, a Liverpool game. Obviously we do have the FA Cup replay, um, which the much controversial FA Cup replay in which our uh, under-23 side will be playing. I think Klopp's confirmed that a couple of players, so Curtis Jones, Pedro Chilivea, and Javiele, I think will all be playing in that game. Uh, or will be available to, to Neil Critchley for that game. Um, so that should be an interesting game against Shrewsbury. It's not on TV, which is interesting. One of the very few games of Liverpool that is not live televised this season. Every every broadcaster wants a bit of Liverpool this season. Um, but yeah, so the winter break uh, should be very interesting. Um, and I think how we come out of it will be interesting. Obviously, at the moment, we're in this kind of run and mentality and intensity that is... Um, just you know it's infectious uh, and maybe that maybe the the winter break will be really good to kind of just just tone it down a bit get ourselves composed to go again or maybe we may lose a kind of a bit of that momentum possibly obviously I'm hoping it's the it's the former and that we just you know give ourselves a chance to, to relax a bit mentally prepare and reset for the Champions League and beyond and the kind of close out of the Premier League but um, yeah I, I'm kind of glad that the players are getting a break it gives me a break as well from doing these episodes as well just for a week or so but um, yeah it's an, it was another positive result against Southampton uh, the train goes on 22 points clear couldn't ask for more as a Liverpool fan on the 1st of February but thank you guys for watching let me know what you thought of the Southampton game and what you think the Liverpool players should do during the winter break uh, and thank you guys for watching and I'll catch you on the next episode